Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. After everything that happened at the Combine, all the rumors, the draft's still a month and a half away. Man, we had some questions. We, we, had, we had some questions, and we just we were talking draft a lot yesterday. So Mitch reached out, and we are very fortunate to have joining us right now on the Burns and Gambo Show to talk about the draft and where things stand for the Cardinals. ESPN NFL Draft Analyst Matt Miller. You can find him on Twitter at NFL Draft Scout is where you can find him on social media. And he joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Matt, I'm Dave. This is Gambo. Welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Guys, I'm doing really well. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Matt, I'm going to start with the obvious. For a long time, we debated here if the Cardinals keep the pick at three, it comes down to Anderson or Jalen Carter. But with the obvious arrest and looking at Jalen Carter fall down uh, the drafts quite a bit. And listen, I don't want to bury the kid because I think he needs an opportunity to at least exonerate himself, like he said. But I think there's a lot of red flags right there. Do you see him falling in this draft? As of right now, yes. And like you said, it, this is an unprecedented situation where there's, you know, there's not a lot of clarity right now. You know, even a one week ago, we're, we would have been talking about Jalen Carter as the top player in the draft because one week ago was when they, you know, announced that he was wanted on two misdemeanor charges back in Athens, Georgia. So there, there hasn't been enough time yet to really dive into his situation and see what's going on and, and for teams to do that as well to say, Hey, like, yeah, you know, there's two misdemeanor charges. He's going to, you know, take care of that, and then he'll be ready to go. No one knows that right now. There's too much hanging in the air. So 50 days out of the draft, it's really hard for me to imagine him going in the top five, even though he's absolutely that talented. I mean, there was legitimate talk that he's either the first or second player off the board. You mentioned Will Anderson from Alabama as well. So I do think it's it's a really – unique situation and teams have to be I think super careful with it because it's just not something we've ever seen before. Yeah, you know, quite a few years ago the Cardinals took Robert Incomdici with their first round pick. But that was a third was a team coming off of a 13 and 3 record, made it to the NFC Championship game. They said, "Why not? He's fallen in the draft because he walked out like a third floor window and obviously red flags, but I think if you're a good team and you've got, you know, you've got a quality, you might be able to take a gamble on a guy like that. I think when you're a team like the Cardinals, I mean, even if they trade down to seven, eight, nine. It still might be hard to pick them because they've got so many needs. Absolutely, and also a first-time general manager. And Monty Ford does not want his first pick as a general manager to be one that is. I mean, there there will be questions. There will be the media will be all over this if you draft whichever team drafts him. They're going to have to answer for it, right? That's just how it works, right? So I think as a first-time general manager. You probably don't want your first pick, especially in the top five overall, to be someone that you have to immediately have a press conference about. Uh, That's kind of a general rule of thumb. So especially in a year where, like you said, there there will be opportunities to trade out and give yourself, you know, more time or to trade from three to six or three to seven or three to nine. And you're looking at someone like Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech instead, who is close to that level as a player but it's not going to give you any question marks off the field. Matt Miller from ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. I think for me, Matt, the burning question, and obviously there's still a month and a half to go before this thing, is Will Anderson Jr. the kind of prospect that the Cardinals would be crazy to not take calls on to move out of number three? In other words, is he so good, does he compel them to stay at three and ignore the inevitable calls they're going to get to move out of three? He's, he's really good, but he's not that good. I, 
I don't know that there's a non-quarterback that is that good. You know, there's the famous story that the New York Giants would not trade the number two overall pick in 2018 because they wanted Saquon Barkley so badly that they wouldn't even take calls on the number two pick. Don't do that. Unless it's a quarterback, you just don't do that. Listen to the call. Because what if it's the Indianapolis Colts who say, hey, we'll give you a a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick to just trade places? Then you have to do that. You you have to slide back one spot and still get your guy uh, if he's on the board. So I do think that Will is really special. He's my top overall player in this draft. But, again, the gap from Will Anderson to Tyree Wilson is not – it's not insurmountable. I mean, we're not talking about a different tier of player overall. They're both still really good. So if the Cardinals zero in on, we've got to get a pass rusher, we've got to get a pass rusher, well, then you could probably still, you know, slide back, stay within range to get someone like Tyree Wilson and still feel pretty good about where you're at. If you were guessing, what is Tyree Wilson's floor? How, how far until you would have to take him before he would be gone in the draft? He will not get past the Philadelphia Eagles at 10. I would, I would not imagine. You know, Even if we have four quarterbacks still in the top 10, which looks really, really likely right now, it, it's hard for me to imagine him getting past. I mean, Detroit at six, is a, you definitely have to worry about them. Uh, then I, you have to definitely Philly at 10. Just with the needs they have, a defensive line with a ton of free agents and a defensive line that's getting older, I think they would have to take him if he's there. All right, we know we know Young and Stroud are probably the top two quarterbacks, but do you think Levis or Richardson have done enough to jump into a position where a team would want to trade up to number three to get them? Yes, I do. I, I think Anthony Richardson specifically. I think Will Levis is probably slipping to four right now in the quarterback ranks around the league, at least based on conversations I've had. I think for Anthony Richardson, we knew how athletic he was. Like, you could watch him play against Utah, and you see him, like, ripping off 80-yard runs and, you know, doing pirouettes and shrugging off linebackers. Like, hey, this guy's pretty athletic. But he, he tested as the most athletic quarterback ever at the Combine. Like, ever. At 244 pounds, he's the fastest quarterback that most have, you know, longest broad jump, tallest vertical jump. So when you put those three numbers together at his size, he's the most athletic quarterback ever. So I think that would have a team like a Seattle, you know, say, gosh, we got Geno Smith for three years. Let's let's draft Anthony Richardson, and, and he can, you know, he only played 13 games in college. Let's give him some mental reps. Let's give him a year to kind of figure things out about his footwork and his consistency. And then we're going to unleash that dude on the NFL after his rookie season. So I, I think Seattle and Detroit definitely are in that conversation of they have really good situations. For, for a quarterback that needs some development time, I think Anthony Richardson it just makes too much sense for both of those teams. So inevitably then, I mean, just looking at all the quarterback needy teams, you mentioned Seattle, inevitably the calls that the Cardinals get, I, I, it sounds like you would expect they're going to get a ton of calls at number three for somebody wanting to move up and take a quarterback. In fact, I think I even saw a retweet from you in which you suggested that quarterbacks are for sure going to go one, two, and three in this year's draft. I, I did retweet that today. I mean, it, it really is starting to feel that way, and I think, there's a lot of belief that Indianapolis will go up to number one because of the connection between their general managers from their time in Kansas City. So if you have the Colts at one, the Texans at two, there's two quarterbacks, and then I think you're the Arizona Cardinals and you suddenly have the pick that so many people need, whether it's Seattle or Carolina or Detroit, the Raiders. Uh, there would be four teams who all have top ten picks, by the way, uh, who would be saying, hey, we got we to gotta go up. we got to make sure – 
not because Arizona's going to draft one. But you have to make sure that, that you don't get jumped for one of those quarterbacks if you're in that spot. And a lot of those teams have backed themselves into a corner where you know, that Carolina at nine, you're not getting a quarterback at nine anymore. There's no way. You're going to have to trade up. So I think that, as a Cardinals fan, I would start getting excited about the potential of trading back a couple spots and still getting a really good player on defense. All right, Matt, I'm going to ask you the question nobody ever asks you. I'm going to ask you about the second round. Cardinals have a they, they have an early pick in the second round, but we're also talking here about trading DeAndre Hopkins and getting a second round pick. That would give them two second rounders. This team needs offensive linemen and cornerbacks if they go with a defensive lineman in the first round. Is it a good second round for those positions? He is a bad second round for offensive linemen, and it's it's a bad draft for interior offensive linemen in general. With an early second round pick, you could be looking at one of the top centers, like John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, Luke Whipler from Ohio State, Joe Tipman from Wisconsin. They're they're worthy of being drafted in the top fifty. We'll see if they're still on the board early in the second round or not. It is not a good year for offensive guards. It's not a good year, in my opinion, for round two offensive tackles. Uh, so that that does make it tough. I, I feel you're you're paying there. A lot of teams are are in the same boat. I think corner, we're going to see some guys slip to the second round. Like Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State had six interceptions last year, but he weighed 166 pounds in the combine. So he's going to slip a little bit, but he's still a really good player. I think there will be plenty of guys like that who slip because either they you know were a little bit light or a little bit slow, but they can still be starters in the NFL. Matt, really good stuff. We appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. We would love to have you on again, and we'll get a little closer to the draft. We appreciate the insight and information. Thank you. Absolutely, guys. Thank you. Got it. Matt Thanks, Miller. Matt.